Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Chicago Bears. This is the Bears Wire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Bears Wire editor, Alyssa Barbieri. Alyssa, how you doing? How was the bye week for you? It was good. I had a chance to go over to Clearwater uh, and hang with some family. They live like right on the beach, so it was really nice. I got to watch some college and NFL football. Didn't work too much. Like, I know you didn't want me to. All right. Good, good. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. You need to take a little break. The Bears, man, they, they, they've they been tough to cover the last couple of weeks, so this is good. Uh, you needed a break, I think, so that's, that's good to hear. Definitely. I think all Bears fans needed a break, and you know, especially watching as the entire NFC North lost on Sunday. That was certainly enjoyable because the Bears didn't lose for, you know, for the no first doubt. time in yeah. over a month. That worked out very <laughs> nice, actually, right? Yeah, the Lions, the Vikings, the Packers, and even as you wrote, the uh, Cardinals, they all lost. So, yeah, so the Bears... Maybe their playoff chances actually improved a little bit when they didn't play. Oh, that's funny how that works. But I think the big story right now in Bears country is who's going to start against the Green Bay Packers, right? Is it going to be Mitch Trubisky? Is he going to be healthy enough to go? Or is Mad Nagy really going to put Nick Foles back in there? He's refusing to kind of name the starter. So he says, get back to me on Wednesday. But he did speak to the media on Monday. Let's play what he said. And obviously our podcast drops on Thursday. So we're going to have this recorded before... I think Nagy makes his official decision, but I think when you listen to what he said, you can kind of read between the lines of what's coming here. I'll play this for you. We'll react to it. First question, Jeff Dickerson. Matt, hope you had a nice weekend. Um, yeah, you too, Jeff. Okay, I just got to cut that off really quick, Alyssa. What, what's up with the pleasantries? I, I don't want the pleasantries when I'm listening to my Matt Nagy pressers. Uh, we, we've lost four straight. Nobody's having a great weekend. I didn't love that. That, that wasn't my favorite, but okay, okay, let's get back to it. This is not injury-related specific, I guess, but I mean, you know, you did mention last week uh, that you were going to look at everything very closely, and that includes, of course, the quarterback position. Um, have you been able to determine yet maybe which direction you might go this weekend against the Packers at that spot? Yeah, I would say this. So, again, with both these guys, with where they're at and their injuries, that's what we're kind of working through right now to see exactly where they're at. So the the good thing for us coming off the bye is it happened over the bye for Nick, and now we're able to kind of day by day just see where he's at. We're going through and just trying to figure out, okay, uh, health-wise, where they're at. And then also us, too, like coming through the bye, like I said, us evaluating where we're at. Um, as a team, as an offense, all of that is on the table. So um, we, we've been, we've had the ability to get away for a little bit, us as coaches, and, and do what we need to do individually away from the, the building or some of us at the building. But for the most part, um, you know, we're just going to kind of get till Wednesday and just see exactly where both these guys are at in the quarterback position wise. Okay, so Matt Nagy won't come out and say it, Alyssa, because he's too nice. He's too nice of a guy. I've been saying this all year, right? He's just such a nice guy and you can't really get him riled up and even at the beginning of the presser there, they're like, hey, I hope you had a great weekend. He smiles. It's like, yeah, you too. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Uh, he's such a nice guy. And if it was Nick Foles, right? If it was ride or die Nick Foles, he would say, guys, we're going to evaluate Foles. And if he's healthy, he's the starting quarterback. He's our starting quarterback. We named him the starting quarterback and he's the guy. But he didn't say that, did he? And he absolutely could have. And instead, he's like, we're going to evaluate. We're going to see what happens and blah, 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 blah. That means he's going with Mitch Trubisky, right? If Mitchell Trubisky can play, 
he's going to start. That's what I'm reading between the lines there. But what do you think? No, I, I think it's definitely clear that it, it sounds like Trubisky is going to be starting. I mean, I feel like it's more, you know, just like a sleight of hand by Nagy, you know, not giving the Packers an extra couple of days to prepare for Trubisky. I mean, not that they really need an extra couple of days <laughs> or any team needs an extra couple of days. Right. <laughs> but I mean, I, I feel like it's clear because um, they had a small or short practice on Monday and Trubisky was out on the field, but Nick Foles wasn't. So this also provides Nagy an opportunity to kind of use Foles' injury as an excuse too for why they're going back to Trubisky and rather than Foles' performance, which obviously is a big indicator. I, I think it'd be more interesting if both of them were healthy to see what direction Nagy would lead. Would he go back and admit his wrongdoing when he benched Trubisky and actually put him back in and choose to go back to him? Like we kind of saw him do when he gave up play calling to um, Bill Lazor. So I definitely, it, it feels like it's got to be Trubisky health-wise and I feel like the offense needs a spark. So you need to go to, to Trubisky. Not that he is the savior, not that he's the answer, not that either are the answer, but you know, he will do better behind that offensive line. I think he made that offensive line look a lot better than, you know, people gave it credit for because he has that mobility. But I feel like all the signs are pointing to Trubisky being the starter on Sunday night. Yeah, and I want to read a little bit from your coverage on the Bears Wire. If you're not checking out Alyssa's work on the Bears Wire, what are you doing, Bears fans? Because you just put this so well. So why not go back? And you're talking about Trubisky. Why not go back? There's no more room for ego. There's no more four-game cushion to lean on in the offense's struggles. This team is 500 and in desperate need of a spark on offense. Much like Foles provided a spark in the second half of Chicago's Week 3 game against the Atlanta Falcons, perhaps Trubisky could do the same in this final stretch of the regular season where, yes, even a playoff berth is still mathematically possible. And I just love how you put that. It's perfect. That's exactly right. You have to go back to Trubisky. You got to put your egos aside. I don't care if you name Foles the starter and you're embarrassed and you don't want to go back. There's no going with Nick Foles, healthy or otherwise. It's got to be Trubisky unless his arm's going to fall off uh, this week. And I think that's exactly what he's going to do. And what I loved, Alyssa, the most is the post you put on Twitter. And it's like 94% of Bears fans who have voted on this Twitter poll (laughs) want Mitch Trubisky back. So they're done with Foles. They love Mitchell Trubisky. They might not have been saying that, you know, last year or other in past years, right? There was maybe a little bit of a love loss for Mitchell Trubisky, but now it's like you don't know what you have until it's gone, right? They're like, oh, Mitch, we love you. Come back. We can't take any more of this Nick Foles. We can't take any more of it. Please come back. So I found that so freaking hilarious. I was laughing out loud this morning when I saw 94% of Bears fans on your poll are like, yeah, Mitchell Trubisky, hands down. Get out of here, Foles. That, that was my favorite thing ever. Leave it to Nick Foles to make Chicago love Mitchell Trubisky. Just <laughs> did not expect to see that coming. And one of the comments I've seen like a lot has been, well, at least for Trubisky, it was exciting and fun. With Foles, just kind of like bland and boring, no which I mean, makes sense given their style of play and everything. Because, you know, Mitch, while, you know, obviously he does have his shortcomings, he, he can come up with those big plays that kind of just wow you. And you're like, wow, if only you could get this consistently, he could be a great quarterback. But again, that's his issue. She was that he is not able to consistently put that together, which could have a lot to do with how this offense is being run, starting with Matt Nagy and just on down through, you know, personnel. So it was shocking to see because I, I had a feeling when I posted that poll that it was going to lean towards Trubisky. I just not think it would be that wide a margin. 90, that's a landslide. Like 94% are completely. So Bears fans can't stand Nick Foles anymore. They're done, Alyssa. They've had enough. That This is how much they want Mitchell Trubisky back. I wonder if you put Tyler Bray in that poll, what they would have said. Oh, gosh. I had someone respond with Kyle uh, Sloter, who's like the practice <laughs> squad quarterback they signed. I'm like, I think they just want anyone other than Foles because... 
No, I mean, you know, Foles, he's, you know, he's good enough. He's not terrible. And he's clearly not the only issue on offense, but he's not an NFL caliber starting quarterback right now, especially with everything going wrong around him. I feel like people just need a change because they're tired of seeing Nick Foles just do the same old thing, just stand back there, hold on to the ball too long, take a sack or throw an ill-advised interception or just kind of, you know, try to try to run away unsuccessfully. Like we said, like a wounded deer, you know, it's just, it's very frustrating. At least with Trubisky, you have those moments where you're like, Oh, maybe. And then, you know, what if maybe it's an interception, maybe it's a completed pass. You know, Trubisky does make things a little more entertaining, especially now, because what if you got to lose? I mean, you are one game out of a playoff spot and you can't just continue to just, you know, just sit there and bide your time. There's no time to waste. There's no cushion. You're out of the playoffs. You need something to spark this offense. An offense that if you go back to last year, which this feels a lot like last year, the way the offense has looked. But there were times, even when Trubisky was in there, even though he wasn't good, there were a couple of those games, that game against the Lions on Thanksgiving and then the Cowboys game, where, you know, the offense did find a spark and they found a way to get going. And that's what the Bears need here, especially starting on Sunday night against the Packers. The Bears are still a 50-50 proposition to make the playoffs. They're still mathematically (laughs) alive, as Alyssa said. Let's pick that up on the other side. We'll be right back. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit him, start him. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends in a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from TheHuddle.com. Corey Bonini with TheHuddle.com here to talk to you about fantasy football strong plays entering week 12. New York Giants quarterback Daniel Jones returns from his bye week to face a team that is emotionally deflated after losing quarterback Joe Burrow. The Bengals have given up three 30-plus point games in the last five weeks and one that was nearly 22 points. This matchup's 32.3% better than the league average over the last five weeks, and it offers Jones a chance to redeem himself after what has been pretty much a horrid second year. Gamers will have to act fast on this one because it's a Thanksgiving Day game. Baltimore Ravens running back Gus Edwards is in line to see the bulk of the touches after J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram were placed on the COVID-19 list. The upside for Edwards is he faces a team that allowed 16 carries, 87 yards, and a touchdown to him in Week 8. The downside is Pittsburgh's been pretty good against running backs all year long. Anytime you have a guy who has an opportunity for the lion's share of work, it's worth getting him into the lineup. Indianapolis Colts rookie wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr. versus the Tennessee Titans. These teams met in Week 10, and Pittman posted 7 catches, 101 yards, but he didn't find the end zone. He did make it into the end zone last week, however, for his first pro touchdown. Pittman has averaged 6 targets in the last three games and he's produced wide receiver three or flex territory numbers. He's only getting more comfortable in the offense and now he has one of the finest matchups of the year facing him in week 12. Minnesota Vikings tight end Irv Smith Jr. faces the Carolina Panthers. Prior to suffering a groin injury a couple weeks ago, he was on the right track and was heating up. Now he gets a chance to rebound facing one of the worst defenses of his position. Carolina has given up seven different performances of at least 10 PPR points in the last six games against tight ends and all five of the touchdowns allowed this year have come in the last eight contests. Smith is risky but there's plenty of upside to be found here. For all of your fantasy football tips, information, news, and advice, be sure to check out thehuddle.com. So Alyssa, as we were talking about, it does seem like the Bears, it seems worse than it really is. And thank God they were 5-1 and one at one point because now when you lose four straight, you're 5-5, five and five, but you're still kind of in the hunt. And the Bears are actually still the first team out of the NFC playoff picture. They're still very much in this. And when you look at the remaining games, right, they got obviously this game at the Packers, which I know just haunts you, right? Every time the Bears play the Packers, you just, you can't sleep at night. So I'm glad you got to Clearwater and you had a little vacation there and you had some time away because now it's back into the grind 
and you're going to like have sleepless nights going into this game against the Packers because this no- nothing good ever happens when the Bears play Green Bay, right? But you're playing at Green Bay, and then you have this stretch of games where the Bears could feast, right? They play the Lions, the Texans, both at home. Then they travel to Minnesota, which just lost to Dallas, and then they play a really bad Jacksonville team on the road. So you got four games there, which you could feasibly win. And you could go on a little run there, even if you lose to Green Bay this weekend. They still got a shot here if they could just figure it out. You keep talking about the spark, right? If like if they could just find something against Green Bay this weekend, even if it's not a win, just find something that like gets the offense going and gets the guys feeling good. Get just give give us something to like kind of lean on going into that stretch of games that are really winnable for the Bears. Maybe there is hope for this season for the playoffs at least. Yeah, maybe there is, and it feels you know interesting because depending on what they do, they're they're kind of like in limbo here where you know they could run the table and you know I mean if they win out they'll win the NFC North, which I don't foresee that happening. I mean, I actually have them winning uh, going three and three over the last six games. But, you know, then you have the fact of the matter, the the draft order too. Like the more games you win, the further down your draft pick is going. And they definitely, they're going to be on the lookout for quarterback and offensive linemen. That's the thing. They're not mathematically eliminated. They're still in the hunt. Every time we see that graphic on one of these NFL games. They're firmly in the hunt. Yeah, they're in in it. it. They're definitely in it. They're not even close to being out of it. They're right there. And they could possibly, and this is assuming that they kind of, they find a way if they put Trubisky in to find a way to to get a spark on offense. You know, maybe they steal a game against the Packers at the end of the year. I don't foresee that happening (laughs) because they've beaten them like, what, four times in the last decade. It's possible. Uh, So it is possible still, which is the thing. That's why Matt Nagy needs to, like, one of the things I wish that Nagy had done on Monday is just come out and say Trubisky is going to be our guy. Assuming he's healthy, Trubisky is going to be the starter. They have to start holding Nick Foles accountable, just like he held Trubisky accountable. You know, we knew that he wanted Foles in there from the beginning because that, that that was his guy. But he has to finally admit that that was the, the the mistake because guess what? The playoffs are still up for grabs at this point. And like he said, enough, everything is on the table when you're in a four-game losing streak. It's difficult to beat the Packers any year, even when they're good, like beat when the Bears are good. But Nagy needs to pull out all the stops to find a way possibly to get a spark against Green Bay or, uh, you know, shockingly, get a win. And I think he will. I think he's going to go to Trubisky uh, unless Trubisky just can't go for some reason. But it sounds like he's been practicing and throwing and it's going to be Trubisky. It's going to be you. If you read between the lines, that's that's where he's going and that's where it should go. But and it's interesting. You get Trubisky back in there. He's going to. So that means your offense shifts a little bit. You might see more under center stuff, more power formation. And our friend uh, Spice Adams, Anthony Adams. <laughs> now, I don't know much about this uh, Spice Adams, Alyssa. I'm learning more about him you know i i haven't followed the bears a a ton over the years uh, definitely more so in our 13 weeks doing this podcast so far Uh, i'm learning about spice (laughs) i learned about him on the bears wire and uh, he says that first of all the fans love him right and they'll they'll listen to anything he has to say and and they'll eat up whatever he has to say right uh spice adams oh absolutely like spice has been a fan favorite and (sighs) i I can't believe you haven't seen his videos like i remember i gotta look these up You have to. He would literally go quarter by quarter for Bears games and just show his reaction. And you could see, like, the first quarter, it starts starts out all happy. But, you know, by halftime, it's just, like, completely down on the dumps. You're like, oh, my God, that's me. And, you know, Spice, he's just a social media star. Like, everyone loves him. I would like to see his uh, his his four quarters against the Falcons. That would have been kind of fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. But so, so Spice goes on Twitter and he basically says, look, you got to get back to Smash Mouth football. Get back to basics. Then everything else will open up. Once you establish that run game, teams got to respect it. They have to. So he says, buckle the chid straps, get back to who you are. And, and get in there in the trenches and, and establish a run game. And sounds like Montgomery has a chance to play as well this week. You get Trubisky back. You know, maybe they can get that run game going. But and I don't know if this is a Nick Foles thing. 
and Matt Nagy kind of tailoring the offense around what Nick Foles did well. But the Bears are third in the NFL in pass attempts per game, right? They're completely one-dimensional. We've talked about this in past podcasts. They don't want to run the ball. They never do. It'll be interesting to see if how they morph the offense and how they attack Green Bay. Because I think one of the key things you want to do against Aaron Rodgers is you don't want to give that offense the football because they're really good. And that's the strength of their team. They're gettable on defense, but on offense, they're they're really good. They're really efficient. So if you can run the football a little bit, get some first downs, hold the ball, you got a shot. How do you think the offense will change with Trubisky in there? And do you think Spice is on to something? Oh, definitely. I think, you know, going back to the first two and a half games, or I'll even say just the first two games, when there was some semblance of a rhythm on offense, like we said, it was more under center stuff, you know, and it not only helped the run game, it helped the offensive line. Too. The offensive line looked very good in those first two games, which was shocking. I know, granted, they had Bobby Massey and they had James Daniels, who are both out right now. But that offensive line was able to get a push up front. David Montgomery was able to, you know, break off some runs. The run game was actually in the top 10, believe it or not, in the first two weeks of the season, which seems just unbelievable, but it was. I have proof. So <laughs> it really was at one point, and I think that, you know, they, that's what they need. They need to establish a run. It goes back to that. And, you know, from the beginning of the season, Nagy said, you know, I'm going to stick with it, which he has at times, but he needs to continue to stick with it throughout. The offensive line needs to perform better. I think that bringing Trubisky in would, you know, like I said, I think it'll add, add a different dimension to this offense, which is exactly what they need at this point. All right. How much respect are the Bears getting going on the road to Green Bay? We'll talk about that coming up next. <laughs> It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, happy Thanksgiving from Sportsbook Wire and BetSlip and Podcast. I'm Eston McLaren, joined by Jeff Clark to break down all you need to know to bet on the Week 12 Monday Night Football game between the Seattle Seahawks and Philadelphia Eagles. The Seahawks come in on the road, minus 250 Moneyline favorites. They're laying five points at minus 110 odds. The Eagles, plus 205 on the Moneyline, plus five-point dogs at home, minus 110 odds again, over under 51 and a half. Jeff, how are you feeling? Do the Eagles have any chance of keeping up with Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks? Nope, and you could talk the rest of the time. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm, I'm taking the Seahawks minus five. Uh, Russell Wilson and Carson Wentz are on the complete opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of performance. Um, Russell Wilson was flirting with an MVP run. Maybe not so much anymore. Carson Wentz leads the NFL in interceptions. It's all bad news over there in the city of brotherly love between Doug Peterson, um, the GM, Howie Roseman, and Carson Wentz. A lot of people are in trouble over there if they don't get this game in or if they don't win this game. And I'll take the Seahawks minus five. Minus 110 odds for the Seahawks to win by at least six points. I'm going to parlay that with the over 51 and a half minus 106 odds. So a little bit better value there. Seattle and the over 51 and a half odds from BetMGM. Subscribe to BetSilvan Podcast on your favorite app. Please be sure to rate and review. Okay, Alyssa, the spread for the Bears in a kind of big division matchup with Green Bay. 
not so good. They're getting eight and a half points on the road, so they are big time underdogs in this ball game. Uh, what do you think about that? Green Bay's been an interesting team because they haven't really played that great at home this year. They they seem to be annoyed that they don't have fans in the stands. They don't seem to be able to get hyped for their games at home. And we saw that against the Jaguars a couple weeks ago. The Jags gave Green Bay all kinds of problems in the cold at Lambeau Field. We know the cold's not going to bother the Bears. Green Bay seemed a lot more comfortable on the road where they can kind of mess with opposing teams in their empty stadiums and kind of Rodgers could do the, the hard count and stuff. But the Packers haven't been great at home. So I look at this eight and a half points is a lot of points. What do you think about that line? I'm not shocked, really, because it goes back to this rivalry and how the Packers have been able to best them. You know, uh, you talk about the Packers not performing well at home, but, you know, with the Bears, they just can't perform well anywhere. And even when they play, <laughs> Good point. even when they play bad defenses, you know, bad, yeah. de- like I know the Packers defense hasn't been where it, where it was last season. So there are definitely, you know, they could beat them, you know, uh, in the run game if they if the Bears could actually get their run game going. I go back to the uh, the first game last year, 2019, in uh, at Soldier Field when the defense completely handled Aaron Rodgers and that offense, holding them to 10 points. And still, the Bears could not beat them. So this isn't on the defense. It is on the offense to find a way to finally take advantage of some weaknesses on the opposing defense. I don't think it's going to happen because I, I'm on the, I'll believe it when I I see it side but you know there are opportunities for the bears i, I mean they, they have you know stuck out some surprising wins around the thanksgiving holiday before against the packers i don't like them to win this game i think a covers in play i think they could keep it close if trubisky can get in there play well give them a spark like you said like i like that narrative so i might lean towards taking the points eight yeah. and a half especially if that line creeps up at all if that goes up to nine or Anything like that, I'm definitely going to hop on the Bears. But I'm not jumping on the... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, the last four, at least when Matt Nagy has been in Chicago, the Bears have not lost by more than one score, by more than eight. So... That line would actually be good to take right there, eight and a half. Yep. Uh, see, that's that's good advice. I'm I was leaning just naturally leaning towards taking the Bears and the points. I don't think they're going to win the game outright, though. I just think that'd be that's not even what I'm looking for. I just want them to play well in this game, to look better on offense, to compete a little bit better, and then give us something in Week 17. Can you go on a run? And I, I think as much as, Alyssa, you don't like playing the Packers, I don't think the Packers like coming to Chicago in Week 17, that whole thing with the weather and just that whole thing in Chicago. And that's a tough game for them. And, and I know you're not, you're not going to probably not going to agree with me on that, but I think no. that's a tough game for Green Bay Week 17 coming to Chicago. So that's the game I'm really looking at. I'm hoping the Bears can go on a little run here and give us something Week 17. Maybe that's for a playoff berth, whatever. Who knows? Who knows what it could be? But lean 8.5 for the Bears, but don't even think about putting on the money line. I think the Packers win this game. But what's what's going on for Thanksgiving, Alyssa? I'm going to watch some football again. I'm not going to try to relax a little bit. Some great you NFC know, East football. The Lions. Yeah, so, oh my gosh, NFC East football, the Lions, you know, most of half of my family are Lions fans because oh, that's from great. Detroit. So, that's tremendous. you know, they're also used to my pain, so they feel me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, hey, uh, I appreciate you doing this podcast every week. It's been 13 freaking weeks. It's been fun. And I just want to say happy Thanksgiving to you and all of our uh, all the great listeners out there. A bunch of people are downloading this podcast every week. We appreciate and love you all. And uh, happy Thanksgiving to all you and uh, Alyssa especially. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Ryan, and all of our listeners. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.